You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. What is going on, Chiefs Kingdom? You are back on the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dubengeiser. I am joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb James. Caleb, what's going on, brother? Hey, man, I'm doing well. Um... We had some technical issues with the old recording device, so this is why you guys would probably be listening to this on Wednesday as opposed to Tuesday, but I am doing fine. We had another Chiefs win, and it's kind of getting ready to be time for, you know, we're about to that midseason point, so things are starting to pick up across the league. They certainly are, and yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties. You'd, you'd think in, in this day and age where a pandemic has ba- basically forced us to use technology all the time that there would be no glitches, but that is not such the case. But we're here anyways. We're getting it done, and we're going to have a great show today. we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right into it. And the first thing before we recap um, the Chiefs' domination of the Broncos and then um, their upcoming game with the Jets I want to talk to you about the trade deadline, all right? So that trade deadline is obviously rapid, rapidly approaching, and there are already a lot of rumors out there in the NFL going around. Um, the Jets are reportedly going to deal Quinn and Williams. There's reports that the Patriots might be looking to move Stephon Gilmore. Um, so, they, you know, and there's always trades. I, I feel like every year in the NFL this happens, and then there's generally never a ton of movement. Obviously, teams have needs. They have things that they might want. But when it comes to trading, if you've ever tried to make a trade in your in your fantasy football league or anything like that, it takes two parties, right? People got to be happy on both sides or the deal generally doesn't get done. Now, there might be some teams right now in the NFL that are, I, w- I don't know if you want to use the word tanking or it could be looking to tank. But, you know, the Jets, the Vikings, teams like that, that are just, they have pretty much no hope to win this year. Um they might be looking to get rid of some older pieces and get rid of some contracts and salary to pick up some some draft picks to get some younger blood in there and, and kind of start their rebuild. But the first one I want to talk about is the Quinn and Williams thing because he's been kind of tied to the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit, and I, it's more obviously just Chiefs Twitter kind of blowing up and, and wanting him and stuff. Um, he's obviously a tremendous player. Is this something where you think the Chiefs should use a resource as in like a trade, you know, draft pick, anything like that on a Quinn and Williams, or should they sit pat with, with the picks they have and worry about that in the draft? Well, first of all, um, Chiefs Twitter is always going to blow up with things at the very sight of potentially getting another weapon in here right now. So I think that, you know, while there's a lot of smoke about it, I don't know how much fire there actually is outside of the fact that the New York Jets are they're going to Quinn Williams will probably be somewhere else either before the chiefs play the jets this week or after that'll have to be the determine the that'll have to be decided by them for the chiefs. I can see the understanding of where people would want to go after another very high level defensive tackle, because this past week you mentioned the Vikings are basically getting ready to go full tank mode. They had dealt Yannick and Gawkway to the Baltimore Ravens for draft picks and so basically now the Ravens have added another premier pass rusher Quinn Williams is a stud of a defensive tackle he think of like um 
he's a guy that can go in there. He's not like Chris Jones. And that's, I guess, what one of the things I'll start with is because I've seen that there's a lot of people that want the Chiefs to go out and pick up Quinnen Williams now for like a second or a third round draft pick and then let him develop and then eventually trade Chris Jones to get the contract off of the roster. That's pretty much what I think to me it seems like the general gist of people wanting this trade is is because they're concerned we're paying Chris Jones too much money. Well, Quinnen Williams and Chris Jones are two completely different players. Um, Quinnen, he is more of a guy that is going to be a run stuffer in there, a very good run stuffer. I mean, very high draft pick out of Alabama last year. He's probably going to end up being an even better player once he is out of New York, if that's one indication of how bad things can be around there. But he's going to command some, he's going to command at least one draft pick. He's a run stuffing first defensive tackle. He is very stout. He does not get double teamed. He commands attention. He does not have the pass rushing capabilities of Jones, and I don't know that he'll ever be an what I would consider an elite premier pass rusher. And what we have with Chris Jones is we know he's going to be a key pass rusher. It's just the cap concerns or what I think we're scaring people. But from my perspective, I think the Chiefs should stand pat here. And I'll get into that more in here just a second. But what do you make of the whole situation? I'm not, you know, if if you can get Quinton Williams like for pennies on the dollar, I think that there's nothing wrong with bringing in a in a, in a talent like Quinton Williams because you'd still be able to have him on, you know, for the next. I think this is what his second year, so this is he. You still get three more years out of him on a rookie deal, which is anytime you can get elite players on rookie deals, you know that's how you win Super Bowls because you save so much cap and you're able to continue to build around them. So if you can get it for pennies on the dollar, I just don't know if you're going to be able to because he is such a talent that I think teams are going to be willing to pay um, along the interior. You know, I, I think that if the Bills weren't in that in that division, they would be a team that would be wanting to jump all over that because of the the interior line woes that they've had where they haven't been able to stop the run at all and really get any pressure up front. Um, so they need an interior D line help. You know, I could I could definitely see teams that are looking to make a push. Um, in the in the playoffs to to try to pick up a talent like that so I don't know if you can get him for cheap I would say you definitely want to kick the tires on him I mean he's so good he's probably going to be better than any second or third round pick even if you give up a second for him he's going to be better than any second round pick that they can take in the draft I mean he's proven he can play in the NFL and when usually when you have assets like that you want to be able to to get them I mean it just makes too much sense of a guaranteed thing on, on a cheap cost um I, I would prefer, you know, if they're if they do make a move, I would I would like to see him go after a second tight end. Um, I, I was hopeful for Nick Kaiser coming into the year. I thought he looked like he's improved, but he is continuing to kind of crap the bed, if you will, um, every time he gets <laughs> chances as of late. So he he just you know he he fumbled. He had a, a, a terrible miss block that got Pat killed on a play in in which they called a little stutter and go to McCole Hardman and Hardman just cooked the dude. So he was wide open. And if, if Mahomes had time, I mean, he was going to, he was about to let it fly, but Kaiser misses the block. Um, I, I don't know. I'd like to see a little upgrade. And I think there's players out there that potentially, you know, if the jets are selling Chris Herndon is a guy who I think has some decent upside, especially as a, as a tight end too. He's a decent blocker. He's a, he's a pretty good pass catcher. He's not being used right now with the jets. Um, and you could get him for cheap. I mean, if you could throw like a seventh round pick at him 
uh, you know, a conditional seventh even, or even like a 22, 2022 pick, something like that. I think you could get him there. You know, obviously there was talks that the Giants wanted to trade Evan Ingram, David Njoku wants out of Cleveland. Um, I think these are all guys, you know, that their costs might be a little bit higher than Hernan. Hernan Hernan's a very interesting one to me because I think you could get him very cheap and he would be an instant, instant upgrade at the tight end two position. Um, you know, obviously with their injuries along defensive end and along the offensive line, you know, maybe you could look to find somebody there. I don't know if Jacksonville would be selling anybody. Um, you know, obviously if you could get Cam Robinson or somebody off of Jacksonville's line, that would be that would be a heck of a steal, but I, I don't know if they'd be selling a player like that. Um, that's kind of my thing. It, it's got to be for the right price, you, do, you know, because they're going to have issues in the offseason that they need to address. They're going to need to address the wide receiver position uh, because, you know, just even people just not having the contracts anymore. The only receivers that are coming back are Tyreek, Nicole, and Pringle, I want to say, because I don't know, D-Rob's on a one-year deal. Watkins is on a one-year deal. So those guys went back. So they're going to need wide receiver depth. They're going to need linebacker help. Obviously, everybody knows the linebacker issues we have right now. Now, Willie Gay is starting to come into his own, and we'll get to that. But um, they're still going to need more than just him out there, obviously. So those are guys more that I would like um, them to see to kind of go after if they do go after anybody with the trade deadline. But are you just against the trading in general or just the kind of the Quinn and Williams thing? Well, here's the thing for me with a guy like Williams. I'm, I know we can look long term, long picture what it could be, but this being the fact that when you're a team that's about to be, this is the funny part about this time of year is you have teams that are prepping for their future, and then you have like half the teams are getting ready to start prepping for the future, and half of the teams are about to make a run. I know there are people that think the Chiefs could probably get a spend a second or third round pick on Williams. If I'm the New York Jets right now, I am not dealing them for anything short of a first-round pick. And mind you, there are teams right now, like up in Seattle, that have very big issues on their defensive line who have are having very good seasons with their quarterbacks who might be thinking, you know, we might have to spend a first-round pick and make a crack at this right now because, you know, Russell Wilson's in the prime of his career. That'll be one thing that I monitor with Quinn and Williams is where he's going to go and how much they want to get out of him be nice to have him around but it's a luxury and defensive tackle is arguably the chief's deepest position on the roster right now but i know i said i wasn't going to look forward you look forward just a little bit the chiefs are kind of in a can of worms and the uh, it's not a can of worms it's not a bad situation it's just there's a lot of uncertainty right now at the t- offensive tackle position and the wide receiver position moving forward i think mccall hardman is helping clear some of that up with the way he played the other day one of the things I've been a little bit worried about is since Schwartz has gone down and since Lucas Nyang opted out of the season and the fact that Fisher's only on one a one-year contract, um, the, the tackle picture to me is getting a little bit murky. So I think that the Chiefs should hold on to their picks this year unless there was a situation that was so good they couldn't pass it down. I was talking to a, a follower on Twitter today and he was saying that the Chiefs should try to kick the tires on going down to get um, Jalen Smith from the Cowboys, and I don't have any idea how they would make that work with the salary cap, considering he's commanding a big chunk of the salary. I don't think there's any way the Chiefs would be able to pull that off. If there was a linebacker, I won't say anywhere even close to the caliber of player Smith is, but if we can go get you know, an average linebacker that started a lot of games, we know is a guy we can throw in there, 
even though I think Hitchens and Wilson have been playing well, I don't think I'm not against giving up of like a sixth or a seventh round draft pick to go get another depth linebacker right now. For me, that's really the only thing I would do at this point, but I would go ahead and stand pat if I were the Chiefs, unless, like you say, it's a deal they cannot refuse. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if we're going to Dallas and trading for anything, I would look to see if there's any of those offensive linemen, if there's any that are healthy. I know they're banged up like crazy right now, but see if any of those linemen are are for sale. I know Zach Martin's out with a concussion. He's obviously going to come back. So if they're selling, man, I would I would 100% look to get Zach Martin before anybody on that because he would just be an, an instant upgrade along the interior, and, and he's obviously a great great football player along the offensive line. So I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think I think more than not, the Chiefs are going to stand pat, and there's just, in general, there's just never more deals than you think they're going to be when it comes to the trade deadline, so... I wouldn't be surprised surprised to see that there there wasn't any huge deals like that. Like everybody's going crazy, like you know Julio and Matt Ryan and all these people. Like those guys aren't getting traded. Like they their contracts are so huge. Teams aren't going to be able to just soak those up. And there's so much dead cap space for like the Falcons. Like those guys aren't getting dealed for anything. It's just too crazy. But if we keep moving forward here, let's talk about this Broncos game. Hey, buddy, because hey, the Chiefs just buddy just yeah. Real quick, I was just gonna say. Um, we just had our first trade a minute ago. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they traded Everson Griffin to the Lions for draft pick consideration. Sorry to interrupt you. I just happened to see that pop up on Twitter, but it started. There, oh, there you go. So maybe there will be some more deals. And, 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 okay, Cowboys, and, and then, Cowboys are dealing early. I mean, if the Cowboys are dealing, like I said, let's go get freaking Zach Martin, man. That's that's my that's my <laughs> wish list. Like if they're selling, I'm, I'm taking shoot for the fences, man. Like, but like, here's the, here's the thing. Like on that trade, like what, what are the lines buying that for? Like the lines are terrible. Like, I don't know. That makes no sense. But the Cowboys, well, yeah, he's a, he's a bad, he's a bad head coach, man. He He's the next one that should, well, obviously Adam Gase, but Patricia's pretty close to be the next in line. I think to be getting fired, but that's well, hey, maybe we'll see. Maybe there'll be trades. That's 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 fun. So I like trades. That makes stuff interesting. But uh yeah, let's talk about the Broncos. Um Broncos. We dominated them. It wasn't even close. You know, the offense didn't even barely have to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> Mahomes, you know, he only threw for two hundred yards. They didn't even have to really run the ball um that effectively <laughs> or or anything like that. And it was defense dominated, multiple interceptions, sacks. Uh, they scored on special teams. It was really just kind of an all-around performance. Now Mahomes obviously had a, a touchdown drop. CEH dropped it. But 15 of 23 for 200 yards and a touchdown there. CEH had eight carries for 46 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Le'Veon had six carries for 39 yards. So, And then obviously the Chiefs' leading receiver it was McCole Hardman with two catches for 57 yards. Like we said, he he had an opportunity there where he had a one on one and did a little stutter go, and uh, Nick Kaiser gave up gave up a sack. Um, so Mahomes wasn't able to get it off, but he was definitely open. And then Tyreek had a touchdown um, reception as well. So, but another game, you know, I think Denver's defense is better than most people gave them credit for. If you look at even on the year, they've been, they've been really solid, and especially for a group that you really wouldn't know a ton of the names on that on that side of the ball, but they've played pretty well, but it's just another game. They, they didn't want to get beat by Mahomes. So 
Mahomes just took what the defense gave him, threw everything underneath. They ran the ball pretty effectively. They had a lot of short fields because of turnovers and because of special teams help. But I think that the scary thing, I, if you're every team around the NFL, is that, okay, this team isn't just killing everybody because they're scoring 50 points a game now. Now they're putting up 43 points and their defense is dominating and they're getting their special teams um, looking a little bit better. So, uh, crap, now how, now how do you stop them? You know, and um, I'll say this, I thought that the uh, Chiefs' opening drive on offense this week where they literally marched down the field as easy as we've seen them do since Mahomes has been here and scored. I think, to me, in my opinion, that's the best I think the offense has looked since the Baltimore game. They came down, they pretty much, they pretty much showed their entire game plan early, they start out, hand the ball off, get some big rips with CEH, get a few rips with Bell, and then they throw – I mean, if guys are going to play 20 yards off of Tyreek Hill, throw it to him for 15 to 10 to 15 every time. Um, they rolled the pocket out. They moved the pocket. They let Mahomes get out in space, throw a nice ball to a hardman, and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire showing people why he's probably going to be the rookie of the year this year. I know Justin Herbert's balling out. I know there's a lot of guys playing good, but right now Clyde is second in all-purpose yards and second in total rushing yards. That tackle, he uh, they run a simple zone play. And another thing the Chiefs started to do that I think is also helping the run game outside of the light boxes is when you have guys like McCole Hardman taking reverses for 15 yards on the first play of the game, and then you throw Tyree Kill back there and fake the and fake the reverse action with him all game. As a defender, you have to respect it because it could literally be with those guys one cut to the house. And the instance of Hardman, I believe A.J. Bouye came in and made a fantastic tackle because if Hardman would have broke one more tackle in the first play of the game, he could have been to the house. But we're starting to see Andy Reid get back into the playbook and start really getting creative with some of the play designs. And that's helping um, up front the big guys, Kilgore, Allegretti. They both played good games again. I really like Kilgore's athletic ability to the second level. You know, he's the oldest guy on the field a lot of the time. He's a veteran. He's been in the league 10-plus years, but he still goes in there and plays. Allegretti, um, I'm going to do a player comparison for Allegretti real quick, and I think his player comparison to me is he's a Jeff Allen type of player. If any of you got Jeff Allen, he's he was credited with a Super Bowl ring. He was on the team for about four weeks last season, I think, but he'd spent a a previous stint in Kansas city. He was drafted by John Dorsey when he was here. So he's an Andy Reid guy. I look at those guys and it's funny because they're both university of Illinois guys. But the thing that makes me, but the thing that I think they compare about is they both play incredibly hard. They both have a great understanding of the offense and they're both really pretty decent pass protectors from what I've seen on film. If I think Allegretti could start the rest of the way at guard, if he continues to play at that level, and, you know, the receiving core, Kelsey didn't have to do anything special. Hill just literally caught the balls that were open and then made people miss. McCall Hardman starting to get some more run out there. You like to see it. And Demarcus Robinson had a good game blocking, but I thought it was an overall solid performance for the offense. Just would have liked to see them finish in the red zone a little bit more. They That is the one thing that I, I would like a little bit too. You know, when you get down there, like I said, CH had the drop touchdown on a home scramble that, 
you know, obviously Mahomes made an incredible play scrambling to his right. And that's something that you just CH isn't going to drop many of those. That was just one of those things, um, you know, happens sometimes unfortunate and especially unfortunate. The fact that it was in the end zone, and would have been a touchdown, but uh, yeah, another, another good performance by CEH. He's just, he's so tough to tackle. He breaks so many tackles. You look at his touchdown run there, they run inside zone. He bounces it outside to the left and he breaks like, four or five tackles. And this is a guy that's five, seven, two Oh seven. It's not like he's Derrick Henry out there weighing two sixty, like running through dudes, but they just, he's, he's, I don't know. He's just like slippery. He's slick. He, they just teams struggle to get a big hit on him. He's so shifty. He's so quick. And uh, you know, he runs tough, man. He runs tough. So another great performance by him. And then obviously you had Le'Veon Bell come in and he looked good, man. I was and you can attest to this in the Slack chat. I was adamantly against the signing of, of Le'Veon Bell. I just didn't see much use for it, but they got him so cheap. And obviously he showed that he's still got a little juice left. And I think like we kind of just said with um, Quinton Williams, like you're going to see how good he is once he gets away from the jets. Like maybe that was Bell's issue. Like everybody that plays for Adam Gase, they just, they, they're, they're stuck in, in hell basically in, in football hell with, with Adam Gase. Um, you get away from him and you can produce a little bit. And he looked like he had some juice, you know, he took his first carry there. He had a 16 yard gain. He had two 16 yard gains. So and that's awesome to see. And if he's going to be a guy that goes in there and, and can produce and kind of take some of that Daryl Williams role, um, you know, he's, he's going to be effective. And obviously it, it, you saw Darwin Thompson. I mean, we kind of been talking about this for weeks now, how Darwin Thompson, it was just basically a ticking clock for him. And it's unfortunate. You never want to see guys lose their job, obviously, but um, at, the, at the end of the day, it's still a business and you still got to be able to put the best product on the field and, and that kind of where it is. So Daryl Williams is going to have a reduced role and Bell's probably going to pick up more of that role. And uh, Darwin Thompson is going to be pretty much gone. And I, DeAndre Washington, he was active. So um, it was kind of something that we had predicted in that backfield for a long time. And it, and it kind of came to fruition here against the Broncos. So um, I would imagine that that's kind of how it's going to stay for the rest of the year. Um, I don't, I'm, unless like an injury happens or something, I don't, I don't know why they would kind of change that, that lineup at all. But um, a couple other things that I thought were kind of interesting on the offense was, was it definitely looked like they made a conceded effort to get uh, McCole Hardman involved in the game. They ran the little sprint out there where he had the one-handed catch on the sidelines, just a smash concept with a high-low. So he ran the corner route, and then they had a hitch on the underneath. Um, and, you know, Mahomes rolled out to the left, made a good throw, a little bit high, and obviously McCole Hardman made the one-handed stab um, right on the sidelines there. He had the stutter and go that we talked about multiple times now. They opened up with the reverse like you had talked about, which was an awesome little play design there. Uh, with the motion from Kelsey, he faked like he was going back across like they do on that split zone look that they run so much. And then he stops, he reverses back, and he's kind of the lead blocker for that for that run for Hardman. So that was good to see. But he's somebody, and obviously there's been a lot of discussion about you know what's going to happen with him. And obviously Sammy Watkins has still been out, so – Where's the rep count? And, and last week or two weeks ago, I guess it would have been the, uh, the Marcus Robinson was kind of the one that outsnapped him. But I think it's just so game plan dependent. Like the game plan where Marcus Robinson was in the game so much, 
he was in there because they were running the ball so much. And Demarcus Robinson is a better blocker. So obviously he's going to be in there. I don't think anybody can dispute that. Harbin's not like a huge, huge dude. Demarcus Robinson's got some bulk to him. He's a very physical blocker. So, you know, he kind of is in that Sammy Watkins mold, I think, when it comes to blocking. Because Watkins is one of the best blocking receivers in, in the NFL, I think. Um, there's multiple clips of him just bodying dudes all over the field. So, um, it'll be interesting to kind of see to moving forward, you know, because if, if I'm Kansas City right now, and we'll get to this a, a little bit here, they have the Jets coming up and then a bye. I don't rush Mitchell Schwartz back. I don't rush Sammy Watkins back. I let those guys sit for the Jets and the bye. Get fresh, get your body right, and then come out and absolutely destroy the Raiders when you play them after the bye. Yeah, and here's here's something I just thought of real quick, going back to the trade talk for just a second. If the Jets are really as serious about selling as they can, let's give our first-round draft pick for Makai Becton right now and see if we can get that out of them because that would solve all of our tackle issues very quick. But that only depends if the Jets are selling like <laughs> they are because I think I, I think would like that just a little ooh, bit. Oh, boy, yeah. That would be uh, – if they did that, holy cow. I'd v, you'll give Veach the GM of the, award, GM of the Year award right now if they do that. That would be a premium – left tackle for all of Patrick Mahomes' entire career. We could even redshirt him the rest of the season, too. I mean, we wouldn't even really need him now, but just some wishful thinking on my end. But like you are saying, the offense was doing good. I was really impressed with the way the defense played. The defense, to me, this week, they came out, and it was a no-nonsense type of game. They knew the game plan was to rattle lock early, get in his face, and make him turn the ball over. And sure enough, they rattled him early. Um, the defensive line was getting Chris Jones, the D line. They were getting pressure on him all night long. I thought they were doing a good job of mixing coverages and Locke. He looked fairly uncomfortable back there for most of the evening. Yeah, he looked very uncomfortable for most of the evening, and that was even without um, having you know a lot of their DNs healthy, which is a little bit of a concern, obviously, right now. So they got to get healthy at that position. But uh, just real quick, going back to the, like the snap share count for the wide receivers. Um, this past game, obviously Tyreek played the most. He had 72.5% of the snap share. Demarcus Robinson had 27% of the snap share. Uh, McColl had 43%, and then Marcus Kemp actually had 20%. And that was kind of in that garbage time when Henny came in and, and uh, got got his touchdown, his, his garbage time touchdown. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, but defensively, like you said, they had him uncomfortable the entire game. It, it, and like I said, Taco Charlton was out. Mike Dana is still on IR with his hamstring. Alex Okafor cannot stay healthy this year, which is unfortunate because anytime he's in there, I, I feel like he provides a great um, counter to Frank Clark on the opposite side. You know, he's very quick. He's got good pass rush moves. He's, he provides a lot of pressure on the other side that um, Tano really hasn't provided yet this year. Now, Tano does good in other aspects. I think he does a pretty solid job in the run game. You know, he's, he's very strong. He's got good straight line athleticism. I think he just lacks some of the agility that like a taco or a Alex Okafor kind of have. And that's why he, that's why he really lacks um, right now in that pass rush department. It'll be interesting to see kind of when taco comes back, if he's healthy, how much down the stretch in pass rush situations run Tano will even get because 
you know, Turk uh, Wharton right now on the inside is playing awesome. Like you mentioned how good the interior of the defensive line right now is for Kansas City. You know, they got Colin Saunders back, who's a pretty decent pass rush. Now he's obviously more of a run stopper, but for being a big dude, he's okay. You know, Nadi doesn't really perform much there, but, you know, just to have somebody alongside Chris Jones, I don't know if Tano is any better than Wharton is right now for interior pass rush. Um, so I know that they like to kick, Tano in on the interior a lot, but Taco seems like he's the guy when he gets back and he gets healthy on the edge, but they definitely need to get healthy because right now they only have like three DNs that are healthy. Yeah, we saw Chris Jones. Well, we saw Chris Jones have to, uh, you know, I thought Chris Jones, he had one sack and he they were really doing exactly what I thought they were going to do. They have that young center. They were lining Jones up as a three technique and then basically having him stunt back into the A gap whenever it would be slide protection his way. He was giving Lloyd Cushenberry a lot of problems. So I thought we could have seen him play a better game if they would have been able to keep him on the inside. But due to that lack of depth out there, they were kind of bouncing him around between that three tech and defensive end. And, you know, he actually did have a couple of decent rushes at defensive end. He's just not really built like a, he's a little too heavy to be a defensive end, to be effectively be a defensive end. You know what I mean? I mean, that's why he does so well on the inside is because he is this big guy that can just rip gaps and shoot in there and do all that. It's a little bit different because he'll never have the quickness to be a guy that can rip the edge. So basically when he gets in there as a defensive end, he is literally just trying to bull rush the tackle. And there was a couple of times against Garrett Bowles, where that was almost good enough. Now the better left tackles are going to be able to stop him on that. So that's why I think it's crucial. The chiefs figure out some sort of a plan whenever they can get guys healthy to get a guy like taco Charlton in there, or if Okafor could come back healthy because Tano has been a really solid two down players. What I would say he is, he's big, long guy. He's it's hard for them to set the edge on him because he can uh, spread people. He can spread people out, or he not spread people out, pardon me. He can extend out and lock on them. And then he's, you know, he plays tough. He's physical in there. He's fine, but he doesn't have that quickness or that juice you look for around the end. Taco's got some juice. Alex Oakford, he's been in the NFL, what, 10 years now? He's a technician of a pass rusher. When he gets in there and he times up his rush, he's going to get it off on the tackle he's going against, which, like you say, though, having those guys opposite of Clark, helps everybody out a lot more, but I they need to get start getting healthier. I predicted that Damone Harris would be out there playing some reps, and he was. He was getting beat a couple of times. He provided no real pass rush, and he was getting reached a lot. Denver started actually taking advantage of that. They started reach blocking a lot, started running some outside zone. A lot of it was in garbage time. They're already down two or two possessions or so. They're just trying to move the ball because Locke is so shaken up from Jones being back there terrorizing his day and also the blitzes the Chiefs were throwing at him. But they have to figure that out for the defensive end. To the blitzing, though, they used their blitz as well. Spags called them up perfectly this week. We saw Charvarius Ward get a fire. Blitz, he came free off the end just because Denver didn't have enough and he blindsides lock. And then on that Dirty Dan interception, the Chiefs also brought another overload blitz and Either Locke gets the ball out quickly, which he did, and Sorensen jumped it right away, or he was going to get lit up by Anthony Hitchens for a sack. Spags was definitely dialing it up. That was that was awesome to see, um, you know. And I think that that's kind of how he wants to be able to play, especially against guys like Locke. And you saw the same thing versus Allen and stuff. Um, 
in the previous week is dial up the blitz, force these guys to get rid of the ball quickly, make some make some decisions, you know, disguise a little bit and confuse them, and then and let the let the guys in the secondary really do their thing and, and make some plays. And they they did, um, obviously, like you said, with the dirty Dan, his interception for the touchdown, and then you know the honey badger getting his interception as well. So um, that was great to see. Something that I would like to see if if these pass rushers aren't healthy and I would like to see in general is just Willie Gay get a little bit of run at, at like a pass rushing DN spot. Now, I don't think it has to be every single down, um, obviously, but like in certain pass rushing situations, I think that there's no reason why they shouldn't give him just stand him up on the edge and let him be athletic. See if he can either run around the, the offensive tackle or, you know, set him up with an outside move, rip underneath him, or just blast through him, you know, go speed to power. Because I think he has all those things available in his arsenal because he was a he was a very good blitzer in college. So I think he should be able to do that role. And then in general against the Jets, now I know everybody heard the sound clip <laughs> with Mahomes after the game basically saying, yo, it doesn't matter who we're playing, a.k.a. we're playing the Jets, but we still got to be fired up and get ready to play. And that's the truth. In the NFL, you can't take anybody for, for granted, but it, it's the Jets. They're there's they're horrible. Like I literally have a bet in, I bet last week, I bet the jets to go on 16. So um, I think that, that they're that bad, but I would love to see Willie Gay get more reps in general. Just use this game to get him on the field, the nickel packages, get him reps where, you know, Ben Neiman normally is um, where, you know, Damon Wilson or anybody, Anthony Hitchens usually is get him, get him on the field, get him the reps and let him play. Cause you're starting to see, the explosiveness and, and the athleticism and the reason that they took him when they took him because the upside is there and it's starting really to show, show up on film. Uh, yeah, Willie Gay had a good one. Like we were talking about that first play of the game. He reads the play. Chris Jones gets the guard all messed up with his penetration, which is something Chris Jones does very frequently versus the run game. But he gets in there, he penetrates, the, the guard is all out of sorts, and Willie really has a big window to go in there and make it play, and he goes in there and blows it up, batting passes down. This week against the Jets is not going to be a big game for guys like Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, Tyree Kill, Tyron Matthew. Those guys are going to come out. Hopefully the Chiefs come out and they get like a 21-point lead in the first half and or something like that, and then we can literally just run the ball not show too much, headed back into Raiders too, not trying to look ahead. But this week is going to be a tremendously important game for guys on the Chiefs roster who they're going to, there's going to have to be some decisions made next year about guys who are going to be on the roster and what their role is going to be. This could be a big week for Cole Hardman. This is going to be a big week for Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, you know, kind of the second tier of players in the offense, I think it's going to be another big game for the Chiefs offensive line because they've played better, but they're still not proven, and they might have to be going against Quinn and Williams in there. That'll be an interesting matchup. But uh, defensively, it's going to be a big game for Willie Gay. If they get a big lead, I'd let Willie Gay ride almost the entire game and get him as many looks as possible, get him ready to go. And even still younger guys like Rashad Fenton, who still have to prove themselves even though they've started to play well, so this is going to be big games for all these guys, but there's a guy on the Chiefs who we've been talking about for a while. We rumored it, and then we it broke it down, and now we're talking about his first game. But Le'Veon Bell is probably going to get a couple of plays drawn up for him this week because it looks like this could be his revenge game, and I have a feeling this is going to be the game in general that will lead everyone to believe that it doesn't matter if guys play for 
Adam Gase or not, he's going to ruin them. I mean, if you couldn't tell that from how Ryan Tannehill seemingly turned his career around or how Kaleche Osimile looked when he was healthy here the first few games of the year, people need to take a look at that because Adam Gase has really probably cost a lot of players a lot more than people think other than that and some of the dirty stuff they've been doing with injuries in the Jets program. I have a feeling that Bell is going to be come out angry. I think he's going to come out fired up, and I think that we might get to see some uh, smash-mouth football at Arrowhead. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get him get him in the end zone at least once, maybe a couple times. Um, but the, I think I misspoke earlier, too. I think I said that they went Jets by week, then Raiders, but they have the Panthers between the Jets and the bye week. So, And the Panthers are actually not great, but they're better than I was anticipating. And they got some offensive, offensive weapons, but we'll get there later when we break that game down. But anyways, um, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, I think, is going to be somebody that they're going to want to – and I think that – and it was interesting. I actually watched the um, Travis Kelsey on the Pat McAfee show the other day, and it was a great interview. He was he was awesome on it. But he also talked about how um, willing Le'Veon Bell has been since he's been in the building. And he kind of – he's like – it honestly, it kind of gave everyone in the building – more juice because he just came in with such like a youthful exuberance, basically just like he said, he came in the building, like a rookie, like willing to learn and wanting to get after it. And uh, he said, you know, there's obviously a lot to learn in the Andy Reid offense because, you know, Andy Reid's objective is to put everybody in the best chance to succeed. So I I think that they're going to have a game plan ready for, for Bell and for the Jets, like they do every team. I mean, they're going to have some stuff cooked up for them. Um, and ready to go but that's a pretty it was a pretty cool interview if you want to go listen to it um kelsey on on the pat mcafee show that was definitely a good one um to hear um i i think that the one thing that the jets do do well though is they do stop the run pretty decently which is surprising enough because if you look at a team that's usually winless they usually don't do anything very well (laughs) um but greg williams kind of has sold his soul to stop the run so far this season, um, which if they try that again, um, I would be very surprised just with the way that Mahomes has kind of just destroyed teams if you're loading the box. I mean, it's pretty much been shown that you have to be able to just play everybody deep and hope that Mahomes doesn't kill you, right? Like that's that's what he does. So the Jets are actually per DVOA – they're 14th in the league right now in the run, which is you know better better than average. So they're not they're not terrible. They're they're just they're still not great. And then the, obviously, and I, <laughs> it's always crazy to have in the back of your head. But I always think of the if you know if you kill the head, it'll die thing from Greg Williams. So I, I don't want to see any cheap shots, and I don't want to see the Chiefs getting you know anybody hurt. Um, especially Mahomes, I don't want to see him being taken cheap shots. I watched that Bills Jets game, and there was a blatant, blatant helmet to helmet that was late on Josh Allen. And there's no question in my mind that that crap comes down from Greg Williams because he's just got a history of that. So the big thing is go in, go in there, absolutely dominate them, and just get out of there healthy. Right? You don't need anybody getting hurt. Um, that's that's my biggest concern because this is a team that they should absolutely dominate dominate and you know just in comparison I said they're 14th in DVOA against the run they're 28th in DVOA against the pass so they're they're gonna have some opportunities for big plays I think in this game against against the uh, the Jets. Yeah, and uh, Greg Williams is actually an uh, 
alumni of the same university I'm going to be an alumni from. He was actually roommates with my head coach when they were in college together. And my head coach has once told us there is a reason why Greg Williams is the only coach in the history of the NFL to have five different top five defenses between the teams he's between all the different teams he's coached on. But there's also a reason why he's been fired from half of the teams in the NFL. It's going to be chiefs week. He's got to know deep down somewhere that he's going to be looking for a new job soon. And also that if anybody tried to do anything cheap to a player on the chiefs, that's going to draw national attention. And that is one thing that he does not need at this point in his career. So yeah, if they want to just play headstrong and try to load the box and blitz Mahomes, good luck, New York Jets. Um, there's no reason the Chiefs shouldn't go out and put them away very quickly on offense. Defensively, I don't think the Chiefs starting unit will allow a single point to the Jets. I really just don't think it's going to happen. I don't know if Sam Darnold was starting or it's going to be Flacco. Either one of those guys. Sounds good to me. Chris Jones will probably tear up that interior offensive line. I just hope that Makai Becton looks good because if you know we want to roll the dice and make a trade on someone, that would be my guy right there, still on his rookie deal. But it should be a complete blowout. I bet the Chiefs will probably win by two or three possessions, much like this week. Yeah, so a couple things. So first, um, just got tweeted out by Matt Derrick. Um, the Chiefs dropped Jordan Tayamu from the practice squad, which I thought is – very interesting. And then they also protected Danny uh, Isadora like they did the past week as they await Mitchell Schwartz's return. So to me, the dropping of Jordan Tayamo, wouldn't that mean that they're going to want to promote somebody else to the practice squad? Yeah, I mean, that would make sense at this point. I have, I'm just hopping back on Twitter to see if I can read that real quick. Um, I don't know that, you know, Jordan Tayamu, they – I mean, he's our fourth quarterback. Chad Henney went in there, and he's drinking that hen dog scoring touchdowns. It was pretty sweet seeing that. It was funny. I don't know why. Yeah, at this point, they must be trying to bring in someone to pick someone up or maybe move someone down to the practice squad and elevate someone else, and they needed the spot. I would almost – I mean, maybe they're getting ready to go after another guy to bring to the practice squad, but there's always that possibility they could be getting ready to have to drop down someone from the team to get ready to bring someone back up. That's just what I think, maybe. Yeah, no, for sure. That's that's super interesting, especially since we just talked about how they are lacking a little bit of depth at the defensive end position. Damone Harris did struggle a little bit in his limited action against the Broncos, but maybe they're looking at a, at a DN that could come in there and play a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. Well, I guess I guess we'll find out um, and kind of see see what happens there. But to kind of go back to the Jets, uh, they they had um, they played decent against the Bills in the first half. Obviously, the Bills beat them like 18 to 10 or whatever it was. They kicked they had eight field goal tries in that game. So that was pretty ugly. But the the Jets had four yards of total offense in the second half against the Bills. So in the Bills defense, we saw they're not anything special this year. They are they had struggled mightily. They're not the Bills defense that we had seen the two or three previous years where they've been pretty dominant and in the top five defense in the league, this defense has been giving up yards and bunches and, and they gave literally, they gave up four yards of total offense um, to the jets in the second half. So, I mean, the big thing is take care of the ball, 
and execute. Don't overlook them, and just go out and put them away early. You do that. I mean, like you said, this is going to be this is going to be a blow. There's a reason that the Chiefs are almost twenty point favorites uh, per Vegas coming out here. They, they they should blow this team away. Yeah, and if you actually think there's any chance that the game is going to be close, just remember old Bug Eyes Gase is coaching over there for the Jets. And we have Andy Reid. So that should pretty much be as comfortable as you need, if nothing else, to know the Chiefs are probably going to come in here and win big. And hopefully they can just play generically and just beat them and not show anything because not trying to look ahead, but there might be a revenge game here about uh, another couple weeks or so. Yes, there is. There's a big revenge one coming up. And they they got one coming, I think. And and that's, of course, we're talking about the Raiders. They got a a thumping coming, I hope. we lined up for him, but why don't you tell everybody uh, what you're working on and unless you got some final closing thoughts, but yeah, let everybody know where they could find you and what you've been working on. So y'all can find me on Twitter as always at CJ Scoobs. Also go check out the uh, chief's take account that I run. I do another podcast on there and uh, I've just had one of my articles get published. It's basically my offensive film review Go check that out. I've been posting clips like crazy all day the last couple of days. I'm going to have some defensive clips posted up hopefully this evening or tomorrow morning. And then I'll, I'm going to end the, my weekly column, the GMKC. I'm going to take a look at Willie Gay's play this season a little bit closer because I think he's really close to breaking through and being a potential big contributor for this team. Um, I don't really have any closing thoughts except for that we should just continue, keep rolling, roll through these win games we should win, beat the Raiders next week, and then keep taking care of business down the line in the division and in the conference. But I'll throw it back over to you, boss. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter as always, jdiz1617. Make sure you're going over to Arrowhead Live. Um, Share the, the podcast around. It is a big help for us guys especially if you're liking what you're hearing, share, share it around, comment, tell your friends, um, Facebook, anywhere you can do it. Just get, get it out there for us. Um, like I said, you can find everything on Arrowhead Live. I'll have an article coming out tomorrow, Power Rankings Digest, where I will power rank the all NFL 32, 32 teams. Obviously, I will have the Chiefs at first, and I will actually have the Jets at 32nd. So that is kind of <laughs> the preview that you need for this upcoming game for Kansas City. Um, but you can also find me on another podcast uh, over at Border Fuel Sports. It's called Balling Over Beers. If you're into like betting, fantasy football, DFS, make sure you're going over there and hit, and hit that up. I, I was on fire this week. I had a first round leader bet for golf that went that was a 66 to one ticket. Hit that. I went four and zero on our four pack picks. So big week for me over there. So make sure you're going to check that out. But uh, as always, Chiefs Kingdom, we appreciate you being here, and we'll talk to you next time. To the Chiefs Kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!